the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. For amazing grace. It's not by power nor spirit, but by amazing grace. Thank you for your shed blood. Like that old song said, we just heard, it's nothing but the blood. Help me to preach your word to your people for this appointed time. Anoint the message and the speaker. Give those who have ears to hear, to hear what the Spirit of God has to say. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. I want all of you, if you have your Bible, if you don't have it, someone share your Bible with someone who doesn't have a Bible. Uh, turn with us to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. And there you'll find these words. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation, and it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in this place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And, and he went and lay down. Verse 6. Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. He answered, I did not call my son, lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and he went to Eli and said, here, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. 
Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli and all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything. And he had nothing from him, and he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of the words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach the subject, the priority of listening to the voice of God. The priority of listening to the voice of God. There are many voices in life coming at us from all kinds of directions in order to keep us away from God. For example, there is the voice of of sexual temptation, which says, come and lie with me. There's the voice of pornography, which says, come and look at me. Then there is the voice of the alcoholic or social drinker, which says, come and drink with me. There's the voice of the drug dealer that says, come partake of my substance. The voice of the lottery says, come gamble with me and win the big one. The voice of the cheater says, come on, man, let's take the shortcut. The voice of your own ego says, I have my rights and I'm free to do whatever I want. You can't tell me. And the voice of entertainment and pleasure says, you only have one life to live, so live it up. Come and enjoy me. Have it your way. And the voice of the rebellious says, you can't make me. A lot of voices out there. Voice of God. Voice of the world. Voice of people. In this chapter, God calls Samuel and shares with him the coming judgment upon Eli's house. 
Also, we can glean principles that will teach us how to know and to listen to the voice of God. My friends, if there's ever a time we needed to hear God is right now. As a matter of fact, it's very dangerous to not know and recognize when God is speaking. So what must I do to make listening to God a priority in my life? What must I do? To make listening to God a priority in my life. Number one, listening to the voice of God involves knowing him personally. You got to know God before you can recognize his voice. When you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you've accepted Jesus Christ uh, as your personal savior. You repented of your sins. You renounced your sin. You turned from your sin and your selfishness and you've turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. Only then can you hear the voice of God. You have to have a relationship with God before you can hear him. As a matter of fact, John, the gospel of John chapter 10, verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. Now, you're either sheep or you're a goat. You either know him or you don't. You're either a saint or you ain't. And if you are in the Lord, you are a sheep. And Jesus says in this passage, my sheep, hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Sheep follow the shepherd. Number two, listening to God and serving God should start in our childhood. Listening to God and serving God should start in our childhood. Uh, Samuel was called as a boy. Look at the text. This is a Bible teaching church. We reference the scripture. Look at the text. Samuel was called as a boy. Look at verse four. That the Lord called Samuel. He answered, here I am. Look at verse six. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am. For you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Go back and lie down. Verse eight. Look at verse eight. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli, the prophet, and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. The boy was perhaps around 12, 13, maybe 15 years old. Perhaps he was just a young person, boy, who had just become a teenager. With that being said, I like to say this. God called Samuel as a boy, and yet he called Moses at the ripe old age of 80. Which serve notice on all of us that God calls the young and the old. You're not too young to be used by the devil, young folk. And believe you me, you're not too young to be used by God. If the devil can use you at five, God can use you at five. If the devil can use you at 10, uh, then God can use you at 10. If the devil can use you at 15, then God can use you at 15. You're not too young to serve the Lord. I bury young folk And then I bury older folk. Here is Moses in his aching 80s. And God calls him to a mighty task to go down into Egypt and tell old Pharaoh to let my people go at 80, an assignment from God. All I want to do is tell you today that God calls the young and the old. God knew Samuel's name and God knew Samuel's address. And let me tell you something. God knows all of your names and he knows all of your address, all the address. As a matter of fact, he don't just know your names. He knows all the planets. 
And he knows them by name. He knows all the stars and he knows them by name. As a matter of fact, if you got hair, he knows the number of strands of hair on your head. Parents, with that being said, cultivate your children's spirituality while they are under your roof. Teach them to hear God for themselves. Pray with your children. That's the greatest thing you can do. Dad is to lay hands on your girls and your boys and, or, 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 or your kinfolk in your house, especially young ones. And not just your husband and wives, but even your children. Lay hands and pray. On, pray on the walls. Pray on the dressers. Pray, pray, pray on everything they got. You don't know where, where Satan's hiding. That's right. No such thing is they can't come in your, your parent can't come in your room. You paying the rent, you paying the mortgage, you got rights all over that house. Won't you say amen? You say, oh, you can't go in my drawer. Well, how much you pay for the drawer? Won't y'all say amen? You want to keep a clean house. Teach, teach them to go. The wisest thing you can do with your, your children, parents, is to teach your children to go to God for themselves. To pray with them, to direct them to the Lord in their decisions and issues that they will that they will be confronted with and teach them how to wait on the Lord. He will speak if we would only listen. The next thing I'd like to say is that Samuel served God in the temple as a boy. He served God in the temple as a boy. First uh, Samuel two eighteen. Look at look over uh, the, the, the chapter before. First Samuel. First Samuel two eighteen. It says, "But Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child, wearing a linen ephod." That's why we believe in letting children hear. See that young man on that camera? He's a young man. He's not old. He's just a teenager. We got him in media ministry. We're serving in nursery. They they go to they all over the place. The kids are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. They're all over the house. And thank God. Let's give our kids a big hand clap of praise. (laughs) Parents, your children, your children are not too young. They're not too young to serve the Lord. Parents, keep your children in the house of God. Coming to the Lord's house is not optional for children. Don't ever fix your mouth, parents, to ask your child, do you want to go to church? You've already messed up. That is not an option. Even if they're grown, you need to tell them they need to go to church. It's not optional. Parents, when your church attendance is poor, your children will soon learn that coming to worship in the Lord's house on the Lord day doesn't really matter. They'll catch their attitude from you. They surely will. Don't send them to church, parents. Bring them to church. Uh, bring them into in, uh, to vacation Bible school and Sunday school and all these things. Pa- many parents today bring their children to everywhere but the church. They bring them to ballet practice. They bring them to volleyball practice, basketball practice, football practice, hockey practice, soccer practice. But what about bringing them to the house of God? First Samuel chapter two, 18 B. Look at the latter part of that, that 18th verse of first Samuel chapter two. It says Samuel was wearing a linen ephod. Samuel as a child was dressed in priestly garments. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Parents, when your children are in your house, you need to hold them accountable to how they leave that house because they represent you. Just like you represent God. Huh? How you dress sends a message about yourself. I reiterate, how you dress 
sends a message about yourself. I was at Popeye's Chicken. I just come from church and I wanted some fried chicken. You know preachers and chicken. <laughs> and the lady was serving, getting chicken back there, getting it all ready. She said, you, you must came from church. I said, I certainly did. And I told y'all last communion service, some of y'all weren't here. And, I, and she said, well, you know what? I need prayer. I said, well, I, I passed the marriage of the Bible. She said, where's that? And I was telling her where it is. She said, well, I sure need prayer because I'm going to kill me somebody. <laughs> and I said, let's stop right now. And everybody stopped. And we had a prayer meeting right at Popeye's. <laughs> and everybody stopped. And we prayed. Amen. You can t- no, no, the government tell you you can't pray. Listen, the government can't shut your mouth. You got a mouth. Pray. Pray. How you dress sends a message about yourself. How others will perceive you as well as uh, the, your respect for the house of God. You ought to have a, a heightened sense of reverential fear. For the house of God. I'm not saying you have to dress like me today and be in the three piece. You don't have to be like that. You can come in slacks and a shirt or you can come in jeans and a shirt or you can come in a, 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 a dressy casual or you can come in a suit. Yeah, but you don't come here like you going going to the beach. That's right. Folk ought to know you've been to the house of God. Just dry, sliding in your shorts and thongs and just looking all tacky. You wouldn't go to the White House looking like that. You wouldn't go to the governor's mansion looking like that. And you wouldn't even go to the mayor's office looking like that. Matter of fact, you wouldn't even go to the the superintendent of the district looking like that. But you're going to come to how God house. God don't care how I can come any kind of way. Listen, you ought to have some respect for God and his house and worship. You need to prepare to meet with God. Then Samuel knew his place. You know, a lot of folks still don't know their place. Even adults get out of their lane. And our biggest job is just keeping folk in their lanes. See, Samuel knew his place. He was under Eli's authority. You know, the church hoppers and people that go from church to church to church to church to church to church, they don't think about joining the church. You know why? Because the fact of the matter is they don't want accountability. That's right. They don't want people. To, they don't. They don't want folk to know their names, and because they get to come in too long, you begin to discover who they really are. And you can't play hopscotch all over town and expect to have deep roots. Samuel knew his place. He was under Eli's authority. In verse one a, it says, "Now Samuel was a boy, ministered to the Lord before Eli." Don't, don't underline that before Eli. If no responsibility is shown by the parents in restraining and guiding your children, God holds you responsible. That's right. God holds you responsible for teaching the Bible. God holds you responsible for praying with your children. God holds you responsible for telling them what's right, even when they don't want to hear it and bringing them to church and bringing them to Sunday school and, and cultivating their spirituality. So once they get out that house, if they act a fool, their blood is not on your hands. But if you didn't teach them, then God holds you responsible. You didn't restrain them. God holds you responsible. But if you've done all you can do, then you turn them over to Jesus because God knows you have done all that you could. Verse 13 says, for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity, which means sins, which he knows because his sons, look, his sons, his sons, the the preacher's son made themselves vile. And he did not restrain them. Number three, overall point, 
Whether I hear God or not depends on the condition of my ears. That's big. Whether I hear God or not depends on the condition of my ears. You know what sin does? It dulls the hearing. And sin dulled the hearing of Eli's sons to to the point that they wouldn't hear or obey their father or God. Your lifestyle can make it impossible for you to hear God, which will bring imminent destruction upon you. You know, you can kill yourself because you've not heard from God. Let me show you what happened to Eli's sons. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 22 through 25. Look at these characters. Look at these rascals, these, these characters. 1 Samuel 2. 22 to 25, it says, now Eli was very old. You know, and some of you, you're getting old. You know, say, say old. old. Now y'all say, don't, don't, you, you, yeah, you're getting old. And he heard everything his sons did in all Israel, to all Israel. And how they look, lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. In other words, they were sexually immoral at the temple around the temple, in the temple. Wow. But these are, oh, David, how can they do that? But you know what? There are people under my voice, my radio and television, and right here under my voice right now, you as sexual, sexually immoral as you can be in the house of God. Some of you under my voice, you land with somebody that's not your wife, not your husband. You living with somebody that you're not even married to. And you're just as immoral as you can be. And you know what? It's a dangerous thing when you can get comfortable in your sins. So look at verse 23. So he said to them, why do you do such things? He's getting on those boys now, but it's too late. For I hear of your evil dealings with, from all the people, you boys. <laughs> no, my sons, no Hophni, no Phinehas. For it is not good. It is not a good report that I'm hearing around here. You make the Lord's people transgress. That means sin. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father. Look at this. Because the Lord desired to kill him. Underline that. See, underline that. The Lord desired to desire to kill him. Let me tell you, you can get so far out there and get so rebellious that God turns you over to your own rebellion. Uh Uh-huh. He said, you want to have that spirit? I'll turn you over to it and kill you. I got some news for you. God, the Lord God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I want to tell you something else too. God is still in the killing business. That's right. If you don't straighten up and you know what's right, you know the word of God, you've heard the truth, you know the truth for yourself, and you're going to go on, you're going to fill your oaks, and you're going to sleep and peep and look at pornography and, and lay around and be a spiritual slouch. God is still in the killing business. He knows even now how to strike you down. And you better hurry up and get a reverential fear for a holy Jehovah God. Fourthly, one of the greatest of all deception is to serve in the house of God without a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, it takes time to know the Lord. Therefore, we must exercise patience. 
It, it, it is highly possible for one to be in the house of God without a genuine relationship with God. Here is Samuel at the temple without a relationship. Look at 1 Samuel 3, 7. Look what it says. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord revealed to him. And yet he was in a tabernacle. He was he was it. He was around the house of God in the house of God, but not knowing God. Is that you, my friends? Have you, you you got a 20 year membership, 30 year membership, two year membership. Remember Maranatha for how many years? But the question is, do you know that you know that you know you know you know that you've been born again and all the demons in hell can't make you doubt the validity of your salvation? He was in the house and didn't know the Lord. You know, it's a sad thing when you can be at the house. But not in the house. At the church. But not in the church. You got a Bible. But you don't know God. You know the religious lingo. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Saved and sanctified. On my way to heaven. But lost as a goose. It's highly possible. For you to be near the kingdom. But not in the kingdom. Number five, God will reveal himself to those who are faithful in the word of God, hanging around the house of God. Listen, God will reveal himself to those who are faithful to the word of God, who loves to hang around the house of God and those who fellowship with the people of God. Look, look, look at verses eight, and nine in the text. Look, are y'all hanging with me? And the Lord called Samuel Again, the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Verse nine, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you you must say, speak Lord for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Wow. You see, if you want to really hear God, you got to be faithful to the word of God. You must love hanging around the house of God and you must love hanging around the people of God. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.